Hello, welcome. This is the first episode of the Superfan Sports Podcast. Well, it's not supposed to be the first. I recorded one earlier, but uh, I didn't know how to convert to MP3, but I know how to do this tech stuff now, you know? So, uh, yeah. This is probably going to be a quicker thing. Just going to welcome you to this, talk about a couple, some sports. There's some soccer, some baseball. Football's back. Everybody's happy about that. If you're not, you're weird. But anyways, yeah. Gonna talk about some sports. It's gonna be fun. Basically how this show's gonna work is I'm, I'm gonna talk about what I want to talk about. I might not talk about the biggest things, but I'm gonna talk about what I think is the biggest thing. Which will probably be a lot of college football, a bit more soccer than you're used to. Maybe not as much NBA as you'd like, but I'll still talk about that. And uh, lots of cricket. I'm joking about that, obviously, but I don't think that many people here care about cricket. But if you do, welcome. I might talk about it sometimes. Who knows? But, uh, yeah. So, uh, let's get started here. First thing I think I'm going to talk about is, uh, just some Premier League action happened over the weekend. Because, uh, that's what happens when the Premier League is happening. This is a really early start, which has been kind of weird, because... The World Cup, obviously, it has to, because that's not in the summer, it's um, around Thanksgiving, that fall, winter time. So, the Premier League, it's starting early, games are hot, temperatures are hot, we've got some great early action, appreciate that there's Premier League action this early. Um, big game, obviously, was the Chelsea Spurs match, if you haven't watched that, it was... Pretty much one of the most drama-filled matches possible. Um, Chelsea, they, Chelsea was the better team, pretty much, whole match. Chelsea was the better team here. When you look at the stats, which I'm pulling up right now, better possession, more shots. Spurs had more shots on target, but basically, by most metrics, Spurs, I mean, not, were, not Spurs, sorry. Chelsea was the better team. And... It's kind of surprising that they didn't win, but it was a really close game. It's two good teams, so you never know what's going to happen. I mean, Spurs di did benefit off a little bit of questionable calls. The refereeing was, uh, it was, it was questionable. And that led to maybe some of the stuff that happened at the end of the match. So pretty much, leading up to the first Spurs goal... There was a tackle by Spurs to get the ball back, which eventually led up to the goal. That was a little questionable. And also, Rich Arlison for Spurs was also offsides when the goal was shot. He didn't actually really impact it, but he obstructed the view of the goalkeeper a little bit. From what I've heard, I'm not too sure about the second one. The foul was a little questionable. I don't know. That goal felt a little shaky, but... Maybe it was legal. The second one was ridiculous. He was pulling on a guy's hair. Basically, Cucurello, player for Chelsea, has really long hair and it was getting pulled. That that's not a that's a problem. That should not be happening. Leading up to a goal. That's a foul. But they didn't review it. Uh ended up leading to another Spurs corner, which led to their second goal in the ninetieth minutes, ninety something minute. And uh, that's how they ended up tying it. And yeah, there's also a lot. The main 
talking point of this game, however. It was a great game. Questionable refereeing, though, but the Antonio Conte and Thomas Tuchel thing, that is the clear highlight of this game. That is the big talking point here. These are two good managers who just, they, they like, started fighting each other pretty much. I mean, it wasn't fist-to-fist -fist or anything like that. We weren't doing that stuff. We're responsible people, but they were, like, it, it was pretty hostile. Pretty much, Tuco was kind of mad, probably about the refereeing. Conte also did this run past his sideline, which he didn't appreciate. So they're going to shake hands. Conte didn't really want to that much, pretty much. So, like, it was kind of like this half-hearted handshake. He wasn't looking at him. And then Tuchel just, like, wouldn't let go of his hand. It was, like, starting yelling at him. This is this just from what I heard. There might be some other things that did come out. I don't know. I'm, I'm an idiot. But there might be different stuff around. But pretty much that's what happened. But, and you know, like, the players started rushing around it. Interesting situation. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird situation for me. I, I'm not sure if caught Like, and that, they both got red cards after it, so... They're both not going to be able to be on the sidelines for their next match. Which is uh, definitely not a good thing for either team. There's been some debate either if Conte should be uh, suspended or like have that one match banned. I'm not really sure that Handshake was kind of half-hearted, but like that's not a penalty or anything like that. That's not worth a red card, but then Tuchel... He was the, really the aggressor from the footage and everything. It looked like it was Tuchel that was doing all the, the stuff. So, Tuchel's ban, it makes sense. Conte's, it's a little more suspect. After the match, though, he posted on his Instagram story that, like... So, Tuchel, after the second goal for Chelsea to put them up 2-1, he was, like, running past Conte's sideline. And Conte posted after it, like, if he saw it, he would be mad, I guess. I don't know, I don't really remember the story that well, but it's something along the lines of that, and, uh, it's not great. Not a great look when you're about to be facing a potential appeal for that red card. That makes it look like you were maybe part of the, the aggression, part of the problem, but we'll see what happens. It's a pretty good game, other than that whole drama. Ref made some questionable calls, but... It kind of made sense. Like, I don't think Taylor, Anthony Taylor, who's the ref for that game, he didn't have great angles on the foul. The offsides thing, I'm not, I'm still not quite sure about it. I might pull it up right now. And uh, the the hair pull maybe should have been called, but it was like a giant horde of people. Like, with a corner, there's a bunch of, like, so many people in the box. He just couldn't really tell, probably. And it's, it's tough if you're Chelsea, but... That's, that stuff happens. Re referee mistakes, they happen. Unfortunately, it did go Chelsea's way. Maybe it will go Chelsea's way a different match. It probably will. Refs make a lot of dumb decisions. It's part of sports. Unfortunately. And, hold on. Try to pull up that, uh, Richarlison offsides thing. Okay, so I found an article... ESPN. It's like the VAR review of everything. So there's the Cucurello thing. No foul there. The 
That hair pulling definitely should have been called, though. That's it's it's just not not a good look. That that's allowed. It's not good. But uh, Taylor probably didn't see it. VAR. They I think they should have at least looked at it. I, they didn't really look at it. At least I don't think so. The VAR rule is an indisputable red card, and that that Cucurello hair pull definitely could have been that. Like he was pulled down by the hair. That's that could definitely be an indisputable red card. They should probably look at that. But yeah, it's unfortunate. We're gonna look at the offsides. Okay, so he does seem to have a clear sight of the ball when the sh shot happened. He was offside, but there was a clear sight line for the ball from Mendy. But he, so he had that clear sight line. So yeah, I think he was not offside, and that that might be a clean goal. The foul was questionable, though. Yeah, interesting match. Yeah. So, Smith, that wasn't the only thing that happened in the Premier League, though. Pretty busy week. Arsenal, that's my team, by the way, but just absolutely destroying Leicester. Gabriel Jesus, masterclass. Two goals, two assists. It's hard to do better than that. Really hard. Gabriel Jesus had an unbelievable performance there. And that looks like a great signing. This Arsenal team, they have a certain energy around them that I haven't seen in a while. Like, this is a team that will score a lot. They're better defending than they usually do, which is definitely encouraging. Zinchenko's look great. Ramsdale's usually a good goalie. He made some mistakes at the Leicester game, I think. I could watch the whole of it, but he made some mistakes, but Ramsdale's usually a good keeper. Some solid people in the midfield. It's a good Arsenal team. That could definitely make the Champions League. And it could be exciting to see what they do against stronger competition, because Leicester and Crystal Palace are both mid-table, I guess. Leicester's more of the upper mid-table than Crystal Palace is, but when Arsenal starts facing those big opponents like Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, when they start facing those teams, we're going to see how what this Arsenal team is made of. And I think they've got a really solid chance of winning a couple of those big games and getting into the Champions League. Man United, on the other hand. Notice how I did say Man United when Arsenal... Let's talk about those big games that Arsenal could win. Because Man United looks like a mess right now. They lost 4-0 to Brentford. Now again, I'm just going to say I did not watch this match. But apparently, yeah, Brentford just, like, scored four goals on them. Okay, that was probably not the best analysis. But it was not, it's not pretty if you're Man United. This is a team that should be winning games like this. They are, have the talent to do it. And another thing is that all these goals are scored in, like, the first half. This is not what Man United should be. This is a team that should be winning. This team should be dominating teams. This is a team that should be contending for titles, championships, not maybe even Champions League places in bad years. But this is a team that's not playing well. Man United, they're, they're not... When you look at this player report... Everybody's not playing good. Only Rashford is in the green, and he got a yellow card. It's sad if you're Man United. This is a team. They got talent here. Cristiano Ronaldo, Jadon Sancho, Bruno Fernandes. These are good players. 
and they're just not playing well. I don't know what the problem is. Maybe to Hag is not a good manager. I I don't know. I I don't know what you do. It seems to be the Glazers' fault, at least in some way, because the, the Glazers are not good owners. They 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 haven't won really with the Glazers. And they're partially responsible, but it's also on the players. Because there are talented players here, and they need to be performing at their best, like Man United. It's also on the coaches. The coaches should be getting the best out of these players. There's so much blame to go around in Manchester United. I think the fans are so fixated on the Glazers, though, that they, like, they're not putting it... I don't, I don't really know what I'm saying, but the Glazers are getting so much hate from these fans, which is deserved also, but... There's a lot of other problems. Man United is just a mess right now. They're currently last. It's only been two games, but they got a big match next week against Liverpool. I don't think they can win that. And Liverpool's not been great to start the season, but they've been better than Man United. So that's going to be difficult. Then they play Southampton, who could be a sneaky good team. They're always all right. Leicester, then they face Arsenal. There's a lot of tough teams on here. And if they can't get blown out by Brentford, and they lose to Brighton, how do you expect them to beat Liverpool or Manchester City or Arsenal or Spurs or Chelsea or any of those really good teams, the elite? And then they also have European competition. They have Manchester United has to play in Europe as well. How are they going to win there? I mean, the Europa League isn't have the cream of the crop best teams in Europe, but these are good teams that they're going to have to face on weekdays. And I don't know if they can compete there. This is a Man United team that's almost bro broken at this point. It's a dysfunctional mess. It's, it's disgraceful to the fans, honestly. Because these Manchester United fans, they deserve better. This is a team that they should be winning. Manchester United is one of the best, most historic teams. But they haven't won since 2012-2013. They've had a couple runners-ups, but... It's not been great. At least fans deserve prop like championships. They deserve Champions Leagues. They deserve so much more than what they are getting. And if you're a coach, if you're a player, if you're an owner, you should be embarrassed about this. Because this team is good. Or should be good. They're 20 times champions of England. 12 time FA Cup winners. Three-time Champions League winners. Winner of the Europa League. This team is should should be winning. They win competitions. That's what they should be doing. And they're not. And they, they're going to have to have some big changes. They're going to have to look at themselves and realize that something needs to change with the culture or something. Something major needs to be done about this. Because this is not, not good. Okay, uh, back from my passionate rant about Manchester United being a joke. Some other matches. Brighton nil, Newcastle nil. Uh, Manchester City destroys Bournemouth. I don't know how you stop this Manchester City team. They've got so many good players. Like, when you look at their lineup, it's it's crazy. Like, you think, oh, how the heck did Gabriel Jesus sign with Arsenal? He's so talented. And then you realize this guy probably won't even be in the starting lineup at Manchester City. They're just that talented. There's so many good players here. Holland, Mares, Foden, De Bruyne. 
Ederson is a good goalie. There's like Bournemouth, they didn't have a chance. They walked into that stadium, but they probably already lost. And it's it's just insane how this team is so good. And it's it's crazy. But they still haven't won the Champions League. That's still going to be their ultimate test. This is a team that could definitely do it. This might be one of Manchester City's best ever teams. But it's going to be tough if they want to win that Champions League. Because they, they still haven't done it. They're still going to need to do that. Because it, until they do that, this team's going to look like a disappointment. Okay, after that, Southampton drew with America, a.k.a. Leeds. Nil nil, Wolves and Fulham. Fulham's looked pretty decent so far. They've held their own. I mean, it's usually like Fulham gets absolutely murdered. And they, they looked better according to the stats against Wolverhampton. And they drew with Liverpool, so maybe Fulham's got a solid chance of potentially staying up. We'll see what happens. And Nottingham Forest beating West Ham. West Ham's been a little disappointing to start the year. Nottingham Forest looked pretty decent. They had some really good chances. They had some good players. Dean Henderson played really well. Good good at the goal. Some great plays. Great performance. And it, it was awesome to see those new fans for Nottingham Forest. They've waited so long for that moment to play in the Premier League again. And they win. Just a beaut beautiful game. Fun to see. And maybe Nottingham Forest will stay up. That would be something special if they could. Bundesliga also, that was happening. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about Liverpool Crystal Palace. That's uh, That was crazy. Liverpool, it's just really just been disappointing so far. Like they've played, there's two games where they've played better, and they've ended up drawing against pretty mediocre competition, Fulham and Crystal Palace. Those are teams that Liverpool should not be driving because I'm not too concerned yet. Maybe it's just a slow start to the season. Maybe they'll rebound. We'll see how they do against Manchester United. Team that's also really, really, really struggling here. So we'll see how they do there against Man United. And then after that, they play Bournemouth, Newcastle. They got a big game against Everton. There's a couple of decent matches that they could recover against, get their confidence up before September 18th match against Chelsea. And then they also have to play Arsenal Man City in that stretch, so that's going to be brutal. Yeah, they got a stretch against Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal, Man City. That's going to be... They're going to need to recover before that, but I think they can. I've got confidence in this team. Okay, now to other leagues in the world. Dortmund had a good comeback against Freiburg on Friday. That was pretty fun. Um, oh, La Liga is back. And Barcelona embarrassed themselves against Rayo Vallecano. Drew nil-nil. Pretty sad, but Barca, Barca's in a tough spot right now. Cause they That's so little money. Wasted all their money. And now they're like still spending. Which, I mean, makes sense. They want to win. That's a way they, they could get back that money. But if, you, if you're spending this much money and then drawing against Rayo Vallecano... If you keep having results like that, Barcelona might be in serious financial trouble. Like, that, could, this could be a big problem. Big, big problem. Um, Syria, they also came back, I think. Yeah, they, start, they started this week. Okay. Nothing too surprising, I think. I gotta check Sunday's results. Yeah, nothing, nothing too surprising. Happening. Yeah, Napoli destroyed Juventus. I mean, I mean not Juventus. How's Verona? 
Solid results. Solid week. In the Bundesliga, they continue as well. Yeah, Leipzig's drawn again. I mean, two tough matchups against Stuttgart and Köln. Those are some pretty good teams, but the fact that they drew twice, that's a little little concerning. Now they've got Werner there, though. He scored against Köln. And Koku is a very talented player. So, Leipzig, I wouldn't be too concerned. Those are good teams. Köln and Stuttgart have looked pretty solid to start the year. We'll see, but who knows? This team could be in some trouble. Frankfurt struggled a bit. So the yearly draw gets hurt to though. Wait, Leverkusen lost to Augsburg? Hold on, this is the first time I just heard of this. Hold on. You're learning this with me if you're not paying attention to soccer. Leverkusen beat Augsburg. Lost to Augsburg. But they completely destroyed them also. That's crazy. So Leverkusen's starting out the season 0-2 as well. So uh, Man United, you gotta... Big club partner that is struggling. So uh, they can go uh, enjoy themselves, I guess. Jeez. They in the relegation places? Yeah, they're at last, too. That's crazy. Wouldn't overreact, though. Yeah, that's pretty much all from soccer. So, uh, yeah. Sorry if this audio is bad, by the way. I'm, it's my first time doing this. Okay. So now we will head to baseball, and ba baseball's been, it's been interesting. There's a, so many races right now, like wildcard races, pennant races. They're all so close. Like, first of all, let's talk about these Baltimore Orioles for a sec. Oh my goodness, this team is going so close. This is a team, they're, they're getting really, really close to getting a wildcard spot, and if I mean, they're still 1.5 back, but they beat the Blue Jays yesterday, I think. And they're, like, the Blue Jays are the last team in right now. So, if let's say they do happen to sweep a series against the Blue Jays. Now, the Orioles are in the wild card spot. They were actually in it briefly because they were playing the Rays earlier. They ended up losing the series. But you have to watch out for these Baltimore Orioles. Because this is a tough team. There's actually talent here now. There's still a lot of talent left in the farm system. This could be a really bright future. There's a lot of good players on here. Cedric Mullins, Anthony Santander, Austin Hayes, Mountcastle, Adley Rutschman also. Adley Rutschman has been amazing so far. Like, I, I thought he was going to be good once he was drafted, first overall pick, but Adley Rutschman is such a good player right now. He's playing great baseball. He's hitting home run. Not that many home runs, sorry. He's just playing great baseball, and it's fun to see. Um, also, don't count out the Twins and the White Sox. They're two games back in those wildcard spots. Also, going for the division, they're, I think, both also two games back of Cleveland for the Central. And those are two teams you can't count out. The Twins have the leader in batting average in the whole league, Luis Arreyes. Brian Buxton, he hits bombs. Jorge Polanco's a great player. There's a lot of talent on the Twins. And then the White Sox, we know that they're talented. They've been underperforming the whole year a lot. Maybe probably because Tony Larissa, maybe not the best play manager in the world. But, I mean, he's there, and he, they're stuck with him right now. But they just got a big win yesterday against the Astros. Massive comeback. 
and they also swept the Tigers in their last series, so they're on a four-game win streak, these White Sox. And maybe, just maybe, their talent can pull them through and get them into the playoffs. It, because if they if they don't, this is one of the biggest disappointments in a while. Like, this is a massive disappointment. So the, the expectation for the White Sox right now is that they make the playoffs. And they got to potentially do that. They got three board games against the Astros. All those will be tough. Then they got a huge series against Cleveland. That series is going to be massive. And Minnesota, they've been a, a little inconsistent the past couple games. Not been their greatest stretch. They got some games against the Royals, the Rangers. And then they got a, their own series against the Astros. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting, this AL Central race, this American League wildcard race. Both of them kind of intertwined. See what the Orioles do. That'll be shocking. If they can't make it. And then also, currently, and we got the Blue Jays. They've been um, a little underperforming. 3-7 and seven in their last 10. That's pretty ugly. But Blue Jays, they've got some good players. They got the potential to be a pretty solid team. Rays, they're pretty good. You know you know the story of the Rays. They're cheap, but they got good players. And they'll find a way to win. This is a team that'll probably make the playoffs. And then also the Mariners. This is probably the big story. The Seattle Mariners have not made the playoffs since 2001. And that's when they broke the record for, like, the best regular season in MLB history. And this team, right now, is in a wildcard spot. It'll be interesting to see if they, can, if they can hold on, but there's a lot of talent here. Eugenio Suarez, he's a good player. Ty France, Julio Rodriguez has been amazing. Rookie player, and he's just been unreal. If Julio Rodriguez manages to stick around, stay in Seattle, it it's going to be fun to see what he can do. There's also J.P. Crawford, he's good. Cal Raleigh. There's a lot of good players in that rotation. They got the former Cy Young winner. Uh, shoot, why am I blanking on his name? Okay, I'm an idiot. I'm a complete idiot. Uh, Robbie Ray, they got Logan Gilbert, Marco Gonzalez, he's a good player, and then they got Luis Castillo from the deadline from the Reds. That rotation is deadly, and then they also got a really good relief pitching core. A lot of great relievers in that system. And it's, it's just a really great pitcher, some really great batters. It's, it, it's, the Mariners have a good team. Uh, it'll be a huge disappointment if they don't make the playoffs, honestly. And it's the first time you can really say that for the Mariners in a while, but they've built themselves a actually good team. And the Mariners, that's just great for them. It's great. Like, Seattle Mariners fans, for sticking around this long with a team that has underperformed for so long, you you love to see it. You You just love to see that they're finally getting rewarded for their loyalty. And they're finally getting to see success at the highest level. And the Mariners, it's, it's going to be fun to see if they can make the playoffs. I think they can. I believe in the Seattle Mariners. When you look at the NL also, they got some tight wildcard races, some tight division races. The NL Central, is a really, that's a really close race. Currently, the Brewers are two games behind the Cardinals for that NL Central winner spot. And the NL Central is... Is it a great division? It never really has been. So, I'm just going to say, the, lo the loser of that race will probably not 
make the wild card spot because the Brewers are currently two games behind that for that wild card spot, that third wild card spot. Currently two guys behind San Diego, who they're really it's it's not been great with them. They've been underperforming again. And that Fernando Tatis thing, it's going to hurt them. I mean, they got Juan Soto in there now, but without Tatis, it's going to be tough for them to win a World Series, let alone make the playoffs. So, there could be some serious disappointment in San Diego. Manny Machado's been great, though. Manny Machado has been having an unbelievable season. We'll see what he can, if he can carry this te- Padres team into the playoffs. I think he can, but we'll see. And the, the Phillies, they're actually starting to play well for once. They're currently in a wild card spot. Braves are currently way in a wild card spot. If they don't make the playoffs, it'll be uh, an embarrassment, pretty much, because they're six point five ahead currently. Phillies are only point five games ahead. Yeah, those those Phillies are surprising, and the Braves might actually have the potential to win the NL East. They're still four point five games back of the Mets, but we'll see what happens. The Mets have won 8 out of their last 10 games, so I don't expect the Braves to take that spot, but they, it's possible. Maybe the Mets go slump again. Low, low Mets will never die, so we'll see if the Mets will fail, but I think the Mets will win that. Braves definitely have a chance, though. And now let's let's talk some football. It's, the NFL is back. Well, at least preseason is, which matters to me. I like preseason, huh? I'm the type of guy that likes football so much that I'll watch as much preseason games as possible. Because it, it's better than CFL and USFL, I'll tell you that. Be able to watch NFL football again. So I'm a Bears fan. Life is hard. So this it's it's interesting to see. Like This is the first time we'll get to see Fields. Like I've heard he's improved a lot. I saw him play, and he, he looked good. Fields looked really good today. I mean, not today, not preseason game. Justin Fields looked just, like, pretty good. The rest of the offense, though, surrounding him did not look good. It's pretty ugly to see that. Bears still won, though. The Bears beat the Chiefs. I mean, it's preseason. It doesn't really matter all that much. It just means that our backups are maybe a bit better than their backups. But we, we pretty much dominated that second half, so... uh let me get some false hope. Bears going to the Super Bowl. Justin Fields MVP. Woohoo! Let's go. Bear down. The other preseason games didn't pay too much attention to. I had a lot of stuff going on this weekend, but uh, I got the general idea of what's happening. You know, a lot, a lot of starters not playing. That's just the expectation, though. At this point, starters don't play that much at this point. But uh. Some rookies started playing. Malik Willis looked pretty good, apparently. So that's fun to see. Uh, I'm excited for Malik Willis, actually. Ryan Tannehill is such a boring, general, stereotypical pocket passer quarterback. And then Malik Willis, you got this... Now you have a dynamic weapon in Tennessee. It's going to be exciting to see like what can happen there. Like, I'm, I'm excited to see if Malik Willis can turn into something. I hope he can. He's a really talented ball player. And uh, Ravens, they also won 21 straight games. I, I don't know how the Ravens win 21 straight preseason games. That's unbelievable. Like, props to you, Baltimore. You may not be winning Super Bowls, but uh, at least you could win preseason games. So, that's, that's cool. Yeah, 
Lots of football happening. It's it's exciting to see. I mean, I'm excited for this football season. I'm just going to give you some, maybe a brief prediction of what I have. I, I Actually, no, I, I don't know who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. It's a really wide open year. Every team has a lot of strengths, a lot of flaws. I think Buffalo's really good, though. I like this Buffalo team. Josh Allen is special. And then also, we're only, we're only like two weeks out from college football. That's personally my favorite sport. I love college football. Make my own rankings and stuff. I may share that in a later episode. But I'm excited. College football's almost back. NFL preseason's back. Let's go. We got football again. And I think every everybody is happy about that. If you're not happy about that, you're, you're messed up. So, pretty much, I don't want to go too long. We're past 30 minutes now. In my recording, I don't have that much more to talk about. Football's back. Woohoo. Don't want to go too in-depth. So, uh, thank you for watching. I mean, not watching. Listening to this dumpster fire. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Better things to come, hopefully. And, uh, yeah. Goodbye, y'all.